Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Come on, say this. I'm blessed. I'm, blessed. I'm not trying to get blessed. I'm not trying to get blessed. I, am blessed. I am blessed. Say this. I'm healed. I'm, healed. I'm, not, trying healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. I'm already healed. The, manifestation the manifestation will follow. Amen. Amen. Say this. I'm not broke. I'm, not broke. I'm, blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. Romans chapter 5, verse number 17. If you're there, say yes, sir. Yes, sir. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, say much more. Much more. Those who receive, somebody shout receive. Receive. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Father, thank you, God. It's good to be home. Good to be back with your people, with family back at home. Here, oh God, it's such a joy to... Once again, bring your bread to your precious people, Lord. I thank you for the word you've given me, and I thank you that you've already anointed me to speak it with clarity, boldness, and eloquence that only you can give me, God. And I thank you, Father, that as I speak this word, that we are not just hearers, but also doers of the word. I thank you that this word bears fruit, changes us, transforms us, that we truly would walk in the greatness and the power that God has promised us, that is ours, that if only we would learn to understand the precepts and the concepts that you have for us, so, Lord, I thank you that your word will come forth clearly today, God. I pray that you would open our hearts, O Lord. Let all old stinking thinking go away. Help us receive your word. We love you. We enjoy being in your presence. We love the word of God. We love, 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 love the word of God. We praise you, God. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody shout, Amen. Amen. Put your hand on your head. Say, stinking thinking. Stinking you got to go. go. Say, old mindsets. Old, mindset. old thinkings. Old you got to go. go. My mind is being renewed. I think just like Jesus, I have the mind of Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. I've read this verse many times, I've preached on this many times, but I want to focus on one word today, man. I want to focus on one word today. I could take a whole series and teach on the abundance of grace, I could spend a lot of time and teach you on the gift of righteousness, and I love that, I love it, my favorite topics. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, boy, I tell you, there's nothing like it. But I want to spend some time talking on the word that was mentioned right before those two big words were. And it's this word called receive. Say receive. Receive. More those, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace. Everything in the life of a believer, every victory, every breakthrough comes not from your ability to do something for God. It comes from your ability to learn to receive from God. Now, churchianity and religion have thumped our minds with an idea that if you can do this and if you can do that, if you can do this for God, and if you can do that for God, then victory will come. If you pray this much and if you fast this much and if you can, if you can beat your head up and do this and do that, then the victory will come. See, this verse tells me that my ability to rule and reign in life, my ability to be Successful to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first and not last, walking in the blessing of God, walking in the favor of God, does not come from how much I can pray, 
It doesn't come from how much I can do. It comes from how much I can. My goodness, did you just read that? You look at me like I'm making this stuff up. Say this, God wants me blessed. blessed. It says that our ability to rule in this life, we're not talking about the life to come. We're not talking about when we all get to heaven. Of course we're going to rule and reign there. We know that. We don't need grace up in heaven. Come on. Yeah, you don't, need, you, need, you don't need prosperity up in heaven. You're blessed already. This is talking about in this life. So for me to be able to prosper, for me to be able to be the head in this life, what is the key? Is it that I understand this concept called grace? Is it that I talk a lot about this concept called grace? Is it really about me understanding and, and really studying and getting deep? Yeah, that's great. That's great. It really is. I don't mean to undermine that. But really, man, your success is dependent on your ability to receive. Your success is dependent on your ability to receive. Religion tells you that if you can do this much, and if you can do that much, and if you can pray this much, then you will. My goodness, we've been so beaten down by this concept that if you pray, then God will do this. If you pray, then God will do that. See, that was before the cross, y'all. Before the cross, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, then I will hear from heaven, and then I will hear the land. On this side of the cross, you don't have to fulfill anything except in Christ, I just receive. Receive it all. It's all mine. Slaves try to earn. Sons receive. Slaves try to get. Sons just receive. It's not your ability to do. It's not your ability to perform. Ah, that word. It's not your ability to perform that matters. It's your ability to receive. I just had this this thing the other day. I was sitting here and all of a sudden it hit me. One day we're going to be in heaven. We'll be standing in heaven, we'll all be there, and a microphone will be passed around. Yeah? And the microphone will be, brother, testify. Tell us how you got up here. Yeah? Tell us what you did to get up here. You're going to pass the microphone around, yeah? And, and, and you, you get the mic in your hand, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, did, I did 40 days of fasting three times in my lifetime. I did, I did. And then you go, what? I had nothing to do with me getting up there. No, no, tell us, tell us what you did to stand up there. Tell us what you got up here, sister. Come on, testify and, and tell us what you did to get up here. I, 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 I read my Bible, I, I through the whole thing three times. I, 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 I went for all church services. I was a part of the fellowship. I, re- I gave, I gave. God, I gave, I gave, I gave. I, I. What could you say when you stand before God on that day? What did you do to get up here? What did you do to get up there? What did, did you, you worship? You worshiped? Yeah? You worshiped with all your heart, all your soul. What did you do to get up there? What gave you the right? What, what, uh, what did you do to get up there? Oh, man, you know, coming to think of it, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Your prayer life didn't get you up there. (laughs) Your reading your Bible didn't get you up there. Your ability to perform for God and do things for God. None of that. The only thing that got you up there, my friend, is the grace of God. The only thing when the microphone comes, tell us, brother, tell us what you did. Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. The only reason I'm standing here, man, is the grace of God. What is the one thing that gave you the right to stand before God? I'll tell you what. Your ability to... Ah, 
Yeah? It's because you receive Jesus that we have access into heaven. It's not that you did anything. Jesus didn't say, clean up your act and then I'll come and fill you. Get really holy and stop doing that sin and then I'll come to you. No, we didn't do any of that stuff, man. We kept doing it even after. Come on. <laughs> the truth is, my friend, everything we have came from our ability to receive. So I just came to this conclusion. Why am I working so hard to do things that don't matter when the microphone is handed to me up there? (laughs) And yet we spend our life trying to earn it and trying to work for it and trying to pray for it. And I know you've been, people have told you this, more prayer, more power. Come on, less prayer, less power, yeah? No prayer. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it the other day and I said actually it's the other way around it's more power more prayer more power more prayer It's not the fact that I can pray that brings more power on me it's that God puts the power of God on me and all of a sudden I have a desire to pray See, folks, we've, we're so got it upside down. And so we read our Bible and you're like, I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to finish the whole Bible. And you start Genesis, Exodus, you get a Leviticus. You're like, forget this stuff. <laughs> How many of you are like, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes every morning. And oh, you're like, Shandalabalam, I'm doing the whole thing, right? You're like, you're like, I bet you it's been 45 minutes. You look, it's like three minutes. <laughs> Why? Because you are trying in your own strength to perform. So if I can pray this much, then God will give me power. If I can fast this much, then God will give to me. Y'all, listen to me. You're doing the same thing Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. You are trying to do something, eat a fruit to become what you already are. Boy, I'm preaching a lot better than you shouting today. (laughs) Could it be that we, the body of Christ, instead of just sitting down and receiving, we're doing we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, we're performing, we're striving, we're struggling, we're struggling. We're, oh my God, we're doing it, we're doing it. I'm not preaching against prayer. I believe in prayer. But it's the presence of God that creates the culture of prayer. It's not prayer that creates the culture of, that brings down the presence. <laughs> you see, it was earlier, if two or three gathered in my name, then I will be there. Uh-uh. Before y'all showed up, he's already here today. He didn't need you to sing your first song for him to come and see if it was a good song. Then he'll show up. No, he was already here. You see, folks, how it works in the kingdom. He is waiting to bless you. Even giving, even giving, even tithing, even tithing in the Bible. God, Melchizedek in the form of God. That was kind of a, a form of God. The Bible says very clearly. He had no beginning. He had no end. He had no father. Who's that? That's God. Melchizedek comes. When Melchizedek sees Abraham, what does he do? He blesses Abraham. Abraham didn't ask for it. <laughs> Abraham didn't deserve it. Definitely did not deserve it. Abraham didn't do a thing for it. Yet Melchizedek blesses him. What does Abraham do? Gives him a tenth of everything. You see, my friend, giving is a response to the fact that you're already blessed. Praying is a response to the fact that God has anointed me. It's not me praying to get anointed. It's praying because he already anointed me. Good Lord, this is so good. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15. Really powerful verse. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation if that's okay. It says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. This is talking about the people of Israel. Only in returning to me 
We, in the old covenant, the, the term repentance was the concept of coming back to God, returning to God. We know what repentance is in the new covenant. It's a renewing of the mind. mind. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence. The word confidence is another word for the word trust. In quietness and confidence is your salvation. Did anybody just read that verse? And then it goes on to say, but you didn't do it. <laughs> the next line was, but you didn't do it. You see, God is saying, man, in returning to me and resting is your, will you be saved? In quietness and confidence, in quietness and trust is your salvation. Man, we're like that, that little thing running on a treadmill, thinking we're really making speed. We're making up time. We're, we're really making a big difference. We're running on that same thing again and again. It's this ball, and you're in the same place three days later, but you think you made a lot of space. We're like the church. We think we're doing this. I was in India. I was in this one state that is the most Christian state in India. I came back with fire, man, I'm telling you. Boy, this one church, I would preach on 40,000 people. One church. Just one church, and there's tons of them like that all over that town. 40,000 people. And I sat down with the pastor and I thought, man, I'm sure you're making a difference for the glory of God. He said, Zach, we're just 10% of the state. The church in that state is just 10%. He says, everybody shows up on Sundays and the church cities are packed and everything seems to be great. And we're like, yeah, woo, we're, we're making a difference. We're still only 10% of the population. It's kind of like that. When we feel like we're doing it, we're like, yeah, yeah, come on, the church is rising up. We're making a I came back with this, this feeling of, man, we really feel like we're doing a lot, but we're not doing anything. We really feel like we're progressing and there's nothing but changing. I believe this message of grace is so important for now because we've done all the other stuff. We've fasted and prayed. We've repented for India a hundred times. My gosh, if we took all the numbers all the evangelists gave us and put it together, we've saved India seven times over. <laughs> And yet we're 5%, 5% of 1.6 billion people. Same thing in America, man. We think we've got it. We think we, because my God, we've got churches that have been bashing and preaching and shouting and screaming and telling people to pray. And we've been praying and nothing's changing. Because I don't believe God blesses anything that comes from the place of labor. God only blesses that which comes from the place of rest. Please hear me today, folks. God only blesses that which comes from the place of rest. I always wondered why Cain and Abel. I always wondered why God hated one and he loved the other. Why he approved one, one offering, but he said no to the other. And then it hit me today. Duh. The offering that Cain brought was an offering that he struggled and strived. And he worked with his brow. The Bible says he was a hardworking man. He struggled. He sweated. And he got it to God. And he said, here it is, God. I gave you the best I've got. And you would think, yes, my baby, yes. All Abel did was bring the fruit of somebody else's struggle. <laughs> he brought a lamb. He brought an offering. He didn't have nothing to do with that offering being born. He had nothing to do with it. It was born. It was a sacrifice given to God that came out of rest. And you think, boy, that's so unfair. That is so unfair. I'll explain that in just a minute. Luke chapter number 10. We see the story of Mary and Martha. Again, another story that seems so unfair. Here's Martha. How many of you know Martha loved the Lord? Yeah? Yes. Martha loved the Lord, sincerely. 
She loved the Lord just like Mary loved God. And Martha wanted to do things for God and here she is serving God and she's cooking and she's doing things and she's trying to feed Jesus. She's trying to do things for the Lord. Looks across the room and there's our little Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Huh. Little kiss up. <laughs> Martha looks at Jesus and goes, Lord, don't you care? I'm here working for you. I'm here doing all this, God. I'm, I'm trying to feed you, Jesus. I'm trying to make sure you're not hungry. Ooh, some of you are getting it already. It's like, Jesus, I'm, I'm working for you, Lord. I'm, I'm serving you. I think it was in the year 1997. The Lord spoke to me one day and said, Zach, ministry has become your idol. <laughs> You're kidding me? I'm doing this for you, Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this for you. Are you kidding me? What do you mean ministry? What do you, how can ministry become an idol? You're telling me you're an idol? Uh-uh. You can get so busy serving God, working for God, thinking you're doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it. Nobody appreciates me. I'm working hard for the Lord. That you forget that really your first service is to sit at his feet. The only thing God receives back, the only thing that God receives back is that which you offer from having received from him first. I I probably won't say anything more important. Some of y'all just look at me like, the only thing you can give back to God It's not the best you have. I'm going to give you my best, Lord. It's nothing. I'm going to to work hard, God. I'm I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to... I always wondered why when the the tabernacle was falling, the guys reached out to help the tabernacle, right? I mean, they were trying to help God from falling. (laughs) You see the mindset, folks? It's this idea that I have to do something because God needs it. It's this mindset that God's up there having a bad day, so if I sing a few songs, he's going to feel better. If I can just pray in tongues for 30 minutes, God's going to be really happy with me. His bad mood's going to go away. It all comes from an idea that God somehow needs is this understanding that there's a mean God up there who's waiting for me to perform. He's waiting for me to do. If I don't read my Bible, he's going to be mad at me today. It's this mindset that God is waiting for me to do something. God is waiting for me to do something. Can I just point something out to you folks? There is nothing more prideful and arrogant than thinking that you have something that God needs. I don't care if it's your worship. Oh my God. Did he just say that? I just said that. I just said that. Don't ever come into the presence of God like God needs your worship. He don't need your worship. Here's the beautiful thing about it. He doesn't need it, but he wants it. But whenever I come to God with that mindset of I'm going to do something for God. See, folks, even in ministry, even when you're serving in a church, even when you're doing things, you come with that mindset of I'm doing something because they need me. I'm doing something because they need. Without me, they're going to suck. So I'm going to be the answer to their problems. I'm going to be the one that's the solution to all that they need. You see, listen to me, folks. Whenever we come with that mindset, we're going to run into a wall and we're going to suddenly stand on one side and go, look at her. She's not doing what I'm doing. Look at her. The spirit of competition, the spirit of jealousy the spirit of offense is always birthed in the place of striving it's always birthed in the place of i'm doing so much for you god look at her she's not doing anything 
God, don't you see? I'm the one working for you, Lord. I'm the one who's, who's doing it all. I'm the one. God, I'm doing the one. You see, when people are at rest, when people are at rest, they don't have time to notice the others who aren't doing anything. When people are at rest, they have no time for the spirit of offense to come into their lives. When people are operating from the place of rest, you understand immediately there's nothing God wants from me. Ain't nothing. Even on my best day. Man, I used to say things like, you know, we are not under the Ten Commandments. We are redeemed. You're like, yes, yes, sir. We're free from them Ten Commandments. Thank God. We're not under them 600 laws. Hallelujah. Come on. We're free from that stuff. We are only under the two laws that Jesus gave us. To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor and yourself. You go, thank God we only have two. And then one day the Lord came and said, Zach, on which day do you think you really love me with all your heart? And all your soul? And all your... Oh, (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) I guess I'm not under any of them. You see, folks, when you think you have the ability to love God with all, forget that one, to love your neighbor as yourself. Because, you know, in in the worship mood, sometimes you kind of get that, oh, yeah, right about now, I think I'm loving him with all, yeah? But on which day do you think you love that neighbor as yourself? Come on now. Don't lie. No, I don't ask fire stuff happening in my church. Come on. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. Not even on your best day. Not even on your best day. The only thing that you can give to God is that which you have. We love because. Ah. Yeah, the elevator is going up slowly. Come on. We love because he first The only worship you can really give to God is that which you've received from Him. See, that's why when you come to church, you're like, okay, God, give me the goosebumps. Come on. Okay, come on. Right about now, the third song. It's not the song yet. Okay, I'm going to wait for the right song. And then I'm going to give you. See, listen to me, man. You don't come here to give God something. You better have brought something when you came here to give God that you've received from the presence of God already. Ay, ay, ay. What's wrong with the Indian? He came back all fired up from India. Lord, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm doing that, God. I'm, I'm serving you, God. I'm, 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 it's sincere. I don't believe it's bad. I don't think Martha was a bad lady. I don't think she's a mean person. I think she means well. I think she, I think she wanted to cook for Jesus because he's hungry, you know. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Jesus is hungry. Let's feed him. No, I think he's very capable of taking care of himself. I don't serve God because God needs it. Whenever I do anything from the place of doing it because I think God needs it, I'm immediately walking into labor. Do you know that in the Holy of Holies, the one thing that was not allowed? Do you know the one thing that was not allowed in the Holy of Holies, even in the Old Covenant, was sweat? You couldn't sweat in the Old Testament. You'd be struck dead. You know why? Because sweat was a sign of labor. You struggled to come in. You struggled. Uh Uh-uh. Labor, striving, struggling, it's all under the curse, folks. It's all under the f- curse. Let me ask you, what does your life look like today? What about your education? Huh? What about your education? Oh, 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 oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I'm going to I did that all my life, I sucked. <laughs> it's a miracle I passed anything as a kid. I'll be honest with you. 
But ever since I got out of school, everything I touched prospered because it was all ministry related. Everything I put my hands to was blessed. Is it because studies was not God's will for me and, and ministry was? No. I just knew in ministry, there's nothing I can do about it. There is nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to trust in God. And so everything I put my hands to, life. But when I was at school, (laughs) I got to, oh, oh, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. Look at your life. Look at your marriage. Look at your marriage. Look at your family. Look at your relationship with people. Do you know that unreasonable expectations are a great sign to show you that you're in the place of strife and not rest? Because you don't have time to expect things from people when you're at rest in relationship with God. It don't matter. How come he's so cool? How come he's so calm? Lord, don't you care? Don't you see I'm the one working? She's the one doing nothing. Sitting at your feet, little kiss up. Tell her to get her butt off and come and work, Lord. (laughs) Jesus looks at her and says, no, no. She picked the better thing. It will not be taken away from her. In John chapter 10. Go read this later if you have time. John chapter 12, I believe. Sorry. Not 10. John chapter 12. It starts off with a story. This is right before Jesus was crucified. And this same Mary brings this oil and breaks it at the feet of Jesus. If you have any questions about is it the same Mary, read John chapter 11, and it'll explain to you that it was the same Mary. All of a sudden, it's amazing when you read John chapter 12, again you see these, these words, and Martha was serving. <laughs> Martha was still serving. But Mary brings this oil and breaks it at the feet of Jesus. And everybody is freaking out. Turn there quickly. John chapter 12. Whenever someone is operating from the place of rest, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of confusion, the spirit of division will always speak up in the name of the poor. Here, read this. Verse 4. You there? Say yes, sir. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him. Kind of in in, in brackets there. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said. I like how John explains it. Not that he cared for the poor. (laughs) But because he was a thief. And had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. That's another message for another time. I have a whole theory about John the, Judas Iscariot. I do, I do. It's, it's a really cool theory. You notice when somebody is operating from the place of rest and being extravagant in their love for God, you will always have the religious spirit go and say, my gosh, what a waste. What a waste. Here's the funny thing. That religious spirit, when you watch someone dancing in a party, they will never say, man, I wish they worshiped God like that. But if someone worships God extravagantly in church, they will look at that person and say, man, I just wish those people behaved. (laughs) 
You know, is that, is that really the way to do things in the house of God? Where is order? Where is godly order? <laughs> I'll tell you something about God's order. I'll tell you what happens when God shows up into a meeting. It looks like ridiculous chaos, <laughs> except his ways are not your ways. So whenever we try to tell God what order is like, that's when we mess up. When will we tell God what it should be like, what it shouldn't be like? See, folks, we're in the birthing stage of something so magnificent. We're about to move out of here in two weeks. Amen. We're stepping out there. We're, we're doing this whole radical thing. <laughs> and as we're about to step into whatever it is that God has for us, beloved, I pray we would open our hearts that I know every one of you in this room right now is doing something. You're serving in some way. Some way, whether it's your giving, whether it's calling people, whether it's being a part of the serving, the sound, the audio, video. Every one of you is doing something. Man, I want to challenge you today. Don't do it from the place of, it's because they need it. Let's do it from the place of, because I get to. I don't stand here ever, ever, ever. Oof. I say this and I tremble. I don't ever stand here trying to teach you something you don't know. I come here like a mouthpiece and I say, God, you tell me what to say and I'll say that. Not another word, I'm going to go back to my office. That's why I sit up there before the service. I don't even come down and meet people before the service because I'm so scared of suggestions, you know. <laughs> Pastor, I think you should say this tonight. <laughs> you people are all laughing. I get that all everywhere I go. My son's in the meeting today and he needs Jesus. Yeah, my, 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 you know, my boyfriend got pornography problems. Can you address that in your message? I get that all the time. I get that all the time. I mean, there's this ridiculous excitement. We don't know what, but we're doing it, yeah? We've never walked on water, but we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. But man, I, I, I really hope we don't ever have Martha's in this ministry. I hope we never have people that work from the place of trying to do something. So if I can do this much, if I can do this much. In fact, some of my closest in my circle, I've, I've chopped off their heads, you know, in love, of course. Someone in India said this the other day. You know what, Zach? As a preacher, you're fully grace, but as a boss, you're fully law. <laughs> Shut up, Danny. <laughs> And I had a talk with one of my really close ones in my very small circle. And, and their attempt was, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to show you that I'm the best you've got, Zach. I'm, I'm going to show you that I'm, you can trust me. You can depend on me. You can, you can trust on me. You can, you can anything. I, you, and I love that. I do. I, I really appreciate that. But it's often done at the cost of, I'm doing it like nobody else is. I'm the only one there, Zach. I'm, I'm the one you can trust. You know? and, I, and I had to sit the person aside and go, see, listen, that's not what I respect. Even though I appreciate the fact that you're trying to prove that you're the loyal one. What I would rather like is for you to be, I don't know what the word is, to spread that sense of loyalty among everyone else around you. Rather than come and say, I'm the one who is doing it. I'm the one who is. It's very Martha, man. I would rather be someone that sits at the feet of Jesus and looks at everybody else and goes, you can come join too. You can come sit here too. 
rather than coming to Jesus. Lord, don't you see that I'm the one doing this? I'm the one doing this? In John chapter 10 or chapter 12, why did Mary know that just before he was about to be crucified, he needed someone to worship him with, with incense? So while he was on the cross bleeding, while they were whipping him, there was an incense that still rose above the stench of his dry blood. It was the incense of the perfume that the woman had broken at his feet. So while he was being crucified, while he was being beaten, he still had a smell that said, somebody loved me. <laughs> somebody loved me. You know how she knew what I wanted? Because she sat at my feet. Martha was still serving. <laughs> Martha was still serving. But Mary came and broke something at his feet right before he died. Because she knew what Jesus wanted. Why? Because she sat at his feet, man. The only thing you can really give to God, beloved, please hear me, is that which you receive from the feet of Jesus. <laughs> I was in India and when the message of grace is being taught, you know we're going to be attacked. And boy, did they rip me to shreds in India this time. Boy, gosh, have mercy. Pastors came out of everywhere writing all kinds of nonsense. My favorite one was he's leading people to hell. You know, that's when your flesh comes up sometimes and you go, you saved 6,000 this year and I'll talk to you, idiot. <laughs> I said it was, it was all flesh. It was all flesh. <laughs> it was all flesh. It really was. It wasn't the Lord. <laughs> I'll admit. And that's, that's the funny thing. It's like, you know, he's leading. I'm, I'm used to the, he's telling people it's okay to sin. I'm, I'm used to that. Come on. They did it to Paul. They did it to us. I love it. Bring it on. But when they said he's leading people to hell, that really bothered me. It really hit me. Ooh. And all my guys, and I got this guy called Philip. He's, ooh, Philip is like ready to, ooh, Zach, say the word. Mm. <laughs> 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 he's like, just, Zach, come on. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I said, we're not going to respond one word. We're not going to say a word back. We're not even going to acknowledge. I think that's the most annoying thing to do to people that attack you. Ignore them. <laughs> people are just going nuts. And I had to take Philip aside and I said, Philip, you're like Peter. You're ready to cut the ear off of the guy who's coming to take your master. Mm, you're ready to go. And, just, and it's like, Peter, Peter, dude. I know you're trying to prove loyalty. I know you're trying to prove that you're there for me. But you're undermining my power. You're acting like I'm too weak for me to take care of myself, that I somehow need you to fight for me, that I somehow need you, Peter. You see how much of pride is in the middle of that form of loyalty? And while it was sincere and while it was, while it was all that, the truth of the matter is at the back of it, the heart of it was, you know, I'm going to do something that they need because he can't do it for himself. I'm going to hold up the ark while it's falling because God needs me to hold up the ark. Guy struck dead. I'm going to cook for Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve God. I'm going to, man, we're on we're the verge of something incredible. But let's come and do everything that we do from the place of receiving from God. Let's do it all from the place of sitting at the feet of Jesus. I don't want us to come here and, 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 and do the whole, yeah, God, I'm God. Because I promise you, this is what's going to happen. Lord, I'm doing so much for you. I've done this for you. I've done that for you. You see, when you're serving God and you're doing it from the place of rest, you have no time to pick up your medals and show off. You have no time to remind God what you've done for him. Because, you know, God apparently has a memory problem. 
Do you know that when we come to God and worship in closing? Do you know John chapter 4, 23, 24? It says the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is seeking such. God is spirit and those who must worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Let's read that verse, first verse again. The hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. God is seeking such. Stop. Let me ask you this question. What is God seeking? Is he seeking worship? Hold on, your natural tendency to go, yeah, 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 God wants worship. Nah. Worshippers who worship in spirit and truth. God is seeking such. Beloved, God's not looking for worship. He's actually looking for worshipers. I said this a hundred times. Let me say it again. God don't need our worship. We need it. My worship doesn't complete God. My worship completes me. Please hear me today. What we do for God, I don't want us to feel like we're going to do this worship and give it to God. God could care less about that. It's in the, in, the, in the act of worship that we offer ourselves and God looks at us and goes, I like you. God's not going to look at my worship separate from me and go, oh, I like your worship. Like it's something away from us. No, 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 no. I am the living sacrifice offered to him in worship. Is anybody listening to me today? Amen. I am what God's looking at. I am the one that I'm offering to God. I'm not giving God something else that's so separate from me that if I can just sing some songs, you see, you see what music does? It creates this culture that worship is so distant from me that I have to sing a song that I didn't write, that I have to do something that I watch others do that is so different from me. And so I do this thing over here and I present it to God and I think, okay, God's going to like it. This is who he likes. He doesn't want you to come up with something. Please don't come to church on Sundays and try to do that packaging that God likes. Come naked. Put your clothes on on Sunday, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to go to that church. <laughs> They're brazen, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Come to God as you go, God, this is me. This is me. Can you imagine how beautiful it is to God when you say, this is me, God. I am the offering I'm giving to you. It's not my song. The song kind of gets me in the mood, but that's not what I'm giving to you. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. <laughs> For a song in itself is not what you desire. Uh, I've said this so many times. I'm praying for God to release another one of those heart of worship songs again. Our generation needs it more than ever before. We need another one of them songs. Because you see, we were the ones that the heart of worship was written for. We were so into the vineyard and we're so into the Hosanna and we're so into the integrity. And we'd bring all this to God and go, see God, don't you like it? And all of a sudden the song came up and it says, ah, I don't like it. <laughs> I like you. You is what I want. My friend, let's walk away from this concept of trying to give God something that we think he needs. The only thing I can give God is what I have received from sitting at his feet. They that wait upon the Lord, Psalms, Isaiah 40, 
shall renew their strength. Are you listening to me? It's when you wait upon the Lord, you will run and not get weary. If you're weary, my friend, it only means one thing. You're working, you're working, you're doing great for God, but it's not from the place of waiting upon the Lord. You will walk and you will not faint. You're supposed to faint when you walk a lot, but you won't. Why? Because you're doing it from the place of waiting upon God. How much of strife, envy, offense, pride we could avoid if we started from the place of waiting upon God? Because whenever we do it from the place of labor, it's always going to want to kill Abel. It's always want to have to kill my competition. It's always want to have to kill the other one because he did better than me. See, Abel didn't care whether he did better or not. Mary didn't care if she looked better than Martha. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Did you know Mary was the same woman that was forgiven by Jesus for the sin of adultery? Huh? She was. There's something about being forgiven much that learns the art of loving much. Anybody in this room forgiven much? Anybody in this room forgiven much? See, that's not, that don't mean, did you do much sin? See, that's what the world tells you. So those of you that were good all your life and don't have a testimony, you're like, good, easy for you to say, Zach. See, I was a good person. I was a good, uh-uh. See, it, it, every one of us was forgiven by the same amount of blood. <laughs> Jesus did not have some extra blood for Zach. Ah, <laughs> boy, I need some extra cleansing, I tell you that. No, no. That same self-righteous pride in you that thinks that I didn't do anything bad. I'm, I'm being a good girl. I've been a virgin all my life. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> Makes God puke. Because <laughs> it's a sin of self-righteousness and pride. I didn't. Every one of us in this world needed just as much forgiving as Hitler did. <laughs> Him that is forgiven much, loves much. Have you received forgiveness today? <laughs> the abundance of grace, yeah? Have you received the abundance? Oh, thank you, Jesus. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You that have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will rule and reign in this life. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, take us away from the strivings and the strugglings, Lord. Take us away from laboring and struggling, which only ends up in competition and, and jealousy and envy and offense. Take us away, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for me, God. Whew. Teach us to sit at your feet, Lord. Lord, we don't want coming to church to be a chore. We don't want that 30 minutes of worship waiting for it to get over. We, we don't want praying and seeking God to be something that we're... We don't want to act like we're the answer, the solution to life. God, we just, we just need you, Lord. Teach us how to wait upon you, God. Even when it comes to prayer. Oh, can you imagine this? Romans chapter 8, Paul says these 
phenomenal words. If the apostle Paul said these words, for we do not know how to pray, <laughs> but the spirit, come on. Even this concept called prayer that we think we've got down. So we spend 30 minutes telling God all the problems in the world. And we think we prayed. Even that God says we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. And I tell you, the only thing we can give to God is that which we receive from Him. I pray this message today would so transform your life. That when you go back to work tomorrow and you're trying to labor to get a result. Struggle and, and do something to get... And, you stop yourself and go, you know what? It's not my doing, it's my receiving. And I speak peace and rest into you, every one of you. I speak peace into your marriages. I speak rest into your business. I speak rest into your mindset. I speak rest into your relationships. I speak rest. I speak rest into your decision making. I speak rest into you, my friend. I speak rest. I speak rest. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.